Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Porch. If we haven't met, my name is JD, and we are so glad that you are here. Like Carson said, we have been going through a series called The Seven Deadly Sins, and we've been talking about different things that people have just said, hey, we know that all sins are equal, but these things, these seven sins, if you let them rule your life, dictate your life and how you live, it can end catastrophically for you. We've talked about anger, pride, greed, lust, so many different things. And we are finishing strong tonight with the deadly sin of jealousy. And right off the bat, uh, a lot of people in, in this kind of seven deadly sin talk, some say it's envy, some call it jealousy. I'm gonna kind of just mix the two together. I'll be saying jealousy a lot tonight, but I just wanna define what those things are clearly for us. And so envy or jealousy, right off the bat is this, a feeling of discontentment caused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. That's how people in the world today define jealousy, a feeling of discontentment caused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. And basically what that means in, in casual language is when someone else has something that we want or we desire, uh, we look at how what we have and what they have, and there's just like this angst that we have towards them that builds up, and that is jealousy. And I was just thinking about this over the 4th of July weekend. I was looking at Instagram, and I was like, there it is. If you want to find a jealous JD invite them to the lake because that is when all of the insecurities in me come out. If anyone has been to a day at the lake, we've all been there, we've all seen it. You get there, every dude, it seems like just can't wait to take off their shirt. I can't wait to like keep mine on. Everyone is like taking a thousand pictures. I'm like, why do we have to take, I'm always like the one guy with his shirt on, like, what's up? And it's just like the worst thing ever. It's just like everyone's hugging and you're like, oh, this is so weird because we're all in our swimsuits. And I am just like, this like pit of insecurities, but I'm also looking around at everyone and I'm examining like what they look like. And I'm like secretly like judging people. And I'm just like, man, they just, they, they just look at them. They just work out so much apparently. They just want everyone to see. And I'm just, just infested with jealousy towards people. Some of them I don't even know, but then it just gets worse. I know like a, lo a lot of us will get out on the boat and I'm the guy that's like sitting over to the side. I, you know, I'm drinking my uh, Waterloo and I am sitting there and the music's playing and, and the guys are like, let's get the wakeboard out. And I'm like, oh God, not the wakeboard. And they get it out and I, I've never wakeboarded before. I'm like more of a tubing guy. I'm over here like, I'll chill to the tubing segment comes along. That's when I'll show off my, my skills. And the guys start wakeboarding, even the girls, a couple of them get up and then the inevitable happens. There's always that guy and he's usually like the sporty guy who's like, hey, uh, JD, why don't you give it a try? Like, get out there, give it a go. And I'm like, oh no, it's fine. Like you guys, it's, let's make this day about y'all. And everyone's like, JD, JD. And I'm like, oh, so I get out there reluctantly. You know how it goes. Like you're supposed to like sit back and like hold the, the thing. And, and then they're like, you're ready. And you're like, oh yeah, sure. And every single time, if you've never weightboarded, it's just like every time. And people are like, oh, it's, it's your first time. And then the 10th time gets along and you're just getting more like shaky and tired. You, your eyes and you've absorbed so much water and your life is just miserable. 
And so eventually you throw in the towel, you give up, you get back on the boat. And there's always that guy. For me, he was one of my dearest friends. His name is Kylan. Kylan is the guy. He just has the perfect hair. He has the, the wife. He has the looks. He has the bod. He's just ripped beyond imaginable belief. And he is like, I guess I'll go now. And he like hands over. He's the one that's been driving the boat, you know, with, like looking all cool. And then Kylan goes. And Kylan, ha, he gets out there and he's like, one-handed like, all right, let's go. And Kylan just gets up perfectly. He's like, just like soaring. Like, it's like he's gliding across the water. He's like, all right, spin it sharp. And you're like, no, he's not. No, he's not. All the cameras are out on Kylan. I'm sitting at the front of the boat, just mad shirt back on, by the way. And he just jumps the wake and everyone's like, Kylan, Kylan. And I'm just like, Kylan. And that is what jealousy does. Someone I love, I'm now feeling some type of way towards. And he, he's just doing his thing. Like he's weightboarded all of his life and it's just fun to him. But for me, I was having no fun because that's the power of jealousy. Jealousy can destroy us from the inside out. It can take something that was once beautiful and united and divide it and rip it apart. It can take uh, someone that you once loved and it can form hatred. And jealousy can rob us of so much life, so many relationships, so much joy and peace and happiness. Jealousy will rip us from. Proverbs 27.4 goes as far to say, anger is cruel and wrath is like a flood, but jealousy is even more dangerous. God's word says, hey, jealousy those other guys have nothing on this. Jealousy is so dangerous. And so tonight, I'm glad that we get to end just talking about something that God clearly cares about. And, and I just wanna do that by journeying through this story that Jesus tells a crowd in the book of Matthew. And so what we're gonna see here is Jesus is just sitting around with this crowd. They're sitting and he's telling, again, a parable like I talked about a couple of weeks ago. He's just telling this story that's illustrating a deeper meaning and point. And, and in this story, what we're gonna see is three things. Three things about jealousy. We're gonna see first, how jealousy presents. Second, who jealousy resents. And then lastly, where jealousy relents. And I know some of you <laughs> might be here and I'm like, okay, that's a little bit of a stretch. You guys have no idea how hard it is to come up with rhymes and like alliterations every single week. So actually it wasn't me who thought of that one, it was David. So if you have any problems in beef, like, all right, email dmarp at theporch.live. But where jealousy relents, and I was like, David, what does that mean? And it basically means like, means like ends or stops. Okay, where jealousy ends or stops. But to keep us, you know, relevant and remembering where jealousy relents. So turn with me, everyone. We have a few friends in the house, socially distanced. Matthew chapter 20, if you're watching online, grab your Bible. We're gonna read a lot of scripture tonight and open up to Matthew 20 and we'll read verses one through 12 together. For the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out early one morning, morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. At nine o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace and he saw some people standing around doing nothing. So he hired them, telling them he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. So they went to work in the vineyard at noon and again at three o'clock, he did the same thing. At five o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and saw some more people standing around. He asked them, why haven't you been working today? And they replied, because no one's hired us. 
The landowner told him, then go out and join the others in my vineyard. That evening, he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. When those hired at five o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed they would receive more. I mean, makes sense. They've been there longer. But they too were paid a day's wage. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner. Those people worked only for one hour, and yet you've paid them just as much as you've paid us who worked all day in the scorching heat. Totally valid argument. These workers have been there all day since the morning, just working in the heat. They didn't have water fountains back then. They're sitting there going, hey, we're thirsty, we're tired, we're hot. We've been working all day and you've been giving these people who got here at the end of the day, just as much money as you've given us. And I can even read that and be like the crowd members at the time going, hey, Jesus, that doesn't seem very fair. Like that seems like really unjust for the landowner to kind of give everyone the equal amount of pay, even though some worked harder than others. But what's so funny is a lot of times like jealousy, it doesn't just form, we don't just meet someone and immediately we're like, I'm jealous of you. Like I mean, maybe sometimes, but a lot of times we need to like pin it on a reason or something that seems like unfair or like something that just seems off and create something within us that creates us to be jealous of a human. For these people, it was the fact, it was more circumstantial. They looked at them like, hey, it's not fair that the landowner is treating them and blessing them for something that I don't think they deserve. Look at verse 10. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed they would receive more, but they too were paid a day's wage. And then skipping down to verse 12, their response to that was, hey, those people worked only one hour and yet you've paid them just as much as you paid us to work all day in the scorching heat. And that's what jealousy causes us to do. Jealousy causes us to fixate on people and make people the problem. And so how jealousy presents itself is through comparison. How does jealousy present? Through comparison. These people looked at their work and the time that they put in and they expected more. And once they compared their work to the amount of the other people's work, it didn't line up for them and it created angst and jealousy towards them and the other workers. You see, the real issue isn't what we have. Like, it's not about exactly what I have. It's not even about a lot of times what others have. It's what I have in light of what others have. And when I begin to weigh what I have versus what other people have, AKA comparison, that's when jealousy starts to form in my heart. And when we start to compare, when we start to look at people and make them a problem, immediately there was, there, there's gonna be separation and division. And we're gonna start to look at their job and go, well, I wish I had that job. Or we're gonna look at how they don't have any debt and how they're debt free, or they got a scholarship in college. And it's like, well, I'm piling up in credit card debt and all different types of debt. We're gonna look at Instagram and scroll and see relationships and be like, how come they get to be in a relationship? How I've waited my whole life for someone. I, I've protected myself or whatever, and I still don't have a relationship. We're gonna look at all these different things and start to compare, compare me versus versus them, my problems versus their problems, my hair versus their hair, my pay versus their pay, my followers versus their followers, my relationships, my people versus their relationships and their people. And it's just this constant battle that robs and steals and robs and steals. And it all comes through comparison, which is what fuels jealousy. 
You have to see that jealousy, it's like a blinder. It causes you to fixate on things and make you think they're the problem, but they're not actually the problem. The problem is you're comparing yourself to people that you shouldn't be comparing yourself to. It's like this. If I just right now, let's say we were all here in the house and I, I said, hey, I wanna call up someone and there's three jars here, each have a prize inside of them. All you have to do is open up a jar and you get whatever's in, inside. You are the lucky winner and I just call on you and let's say it's you. You come up here and you're thinking about it. There's not much strategy to it. There's not much that you can do. All you have to do is take a pick and be the lucky winner. You're gonna win something. So let's say you're thinking about it and you're like, okay, I picked this one. And what do you know? You win a Benjamin. You get $100 on the porch. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is the best day ever. I bet the crowd would be like, nice, okay, like 100 bucks. And you're, you're feeling like a winner. You're like, I made the right pick. But then let's say I call up someone else and let's say she comes up here and I'm like, okay, you have two options. You now get to pick whatever jar you want. And you're walking away. You're like, man, I'm so like, I got $100. I made the right pick. I am good. But then she comes and she's like, okay, I'll pick the opposite side. And she opens it up and she wins two free tickets to Hawaii because the porch got it like that now. And she gets to go on a vacation to Hawaii with someone that she wants to go with. And suddenly the crowd erupts and you're like, uh, what? Hawaii, and you're thinking, why didn't I pick the left one? I just got a hundred bucks. And suddenly what was once seeming something that you were grateful for was a value is now nothing because you're comparing it to what the other person got. That moment, what was once filled with gratitude and joy is now robbed because of comparison. And that's what we do way more than we realize in our everyday lives. I, I thought about this, like, a lot of times I get jealous of people I don't even know. Like it's really easy to be sitting at home on a Friday night and I'm like super content. I'm like chilling, watching something on TV. I don't know, probably like Ember's New Groove. And I'm watching it and I see, I'm like, okay, now I'll check Instagram and I'm, I'm on Instagram stories and I see one of my friends posted a story and I, I, I watch it and they're like out eating Mexican food. And this new guy I've heard about got invited and had they been eating, I probably would have been fine not getting the invite, but how come a new guy got the invite and I didn't? And I was completely content until I started comparing myself to new guy. What new guy? I bet he thinks he's funny. I bet he's the one like ruling the table right now. Like new guy, what's up with this new guy? And suddenly I just have all of this like built up tension towards new guy. New guy's done nothing. He just got an invite to go eat. But now the next time I see new guy, let's call him Bobby. I'm trying to call him new guy. Next time I see Bobby, Bobby's like, what's up, man? I've heard a lot about you. And I'm like, yeah, nice. And I just, I'm just like immediately just so jealous of Bobby for something Bobby couldn't control. Just like the girl right here couldn't, she couldn't control the jar that you picked. She just picked a jar as well. But so many times that's what comparison does. It makes people the problem and it causes you to miss out of what God is trying to show you. And so with all of this, when you realize that you've been robbed, when you realize that, You've been just taken the chance of having happiness and relationships and peace. And you start to wake up kind of this like reality that people aren't the problem and I should stop comparing. You have to address a deeper issue, which is point two, who jealousy resents, who jealousy actually resents. Because jealousy will lead you to think the problem is people, but who jealousy actually resents. Let's see in the story what Jesus has to say. 
Verse 13, he answered one of them, friend, I haven't been unfair. So remember, they're sitting here like to the landowner, like, hey, why are you giving these people the same amount of money as us? You know, we've done all these different um, amounts of like, we've done more work than them. And the crowd that Jesus is telling this to are probably like, hey, yeah, that really does seem unfair. They should get more money. And this is what Jesus says, that the landowner says, hey, friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. Verse 15 is powerful. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? Jesus, he anticipated the thoughts of the crowd and he he leaned into that and said, hey, you have to remember something. What people around you have been given, the success they've seen, the looks that they have, the body type they have, the, the way that they've climbed the corporate ladder, the way their family is, the way, what they've been born into had nothing to do with them. I get to dictate and I am the one who is in control of what my children have, of what my people have. Just the same way that this landowner got to dictate what he did with his money, so God gets to dictate what he does with his people. And so when you communicate that you have an issue with what someone else has versus what you have, and you're comparing yourself all the time, what you're actually communicating is that you are resenting God, not man. Who does jealousy resent? Your creator. You don't have a problem with creation. You actually have a problem with your creator. That's what jealousy does. Think about it. So much of our life, we look at other people's circumstances. I know for me, I look at people who have the perfect family who eat dinner together like every Sunday night and are gathering around and telling stories and laughing and have inside jokes and maybe like make family TikToks, I don't know. And I'm like, God, why would you not give me that? Why would you not want that for me? You're the one that's in control. And I had to remember, wow, like God gets to do what what he wants, when he wants. And it's when I think that I have a say is when I get in trouble. But I'm not content with what God's given me. I'm not interested in stewarding what God's given me. Therefore, I resent him. I say, and I think we say things like, God, you didn't give me looks like you gave that person looks. Girls, you might say, God, you didn't make my waist a a size two. God, you didn't bless me with that family or with that financial situation or with that spouse or with those gifts, with that job. God, why did my parents be the parents that divorced? Why couldn't I have parents like theirs? I know for me, like a couple weekends ago, I, I spent the weekend with all my college roommates. They all have kids now, some of them are their second kid. They're all married and they're just, they're sitting there with their spouses and I'm the only single guy. I've talked about that before, I think. It's clearly an issue. And I'm just like, God, what's the deal, man? Like, why can't I be like them? And I don't resent them. They're just, they met the one. They're doing their thing. They're living their life. Who I'm actually resenting is my creator. And I think a lot of us are there. We are upset with God. We would rather resent him and push him away and think he's out to get us or he's withholding from us, that he wants to bless other people and favor other people and not make us as gifted or as successful. We think that God is out to get us somehow. It's like we've forgotten all that he's done. Like earlier, think about this. What if I called up a third person? And what if they opened up the last jar and they got starburst? Starburst. And 
you know, not even Starburst, the orange and yellow Starburst, okay? The worst of the worst, the lowest of these, you could say. Once they opened up their orange and yellow Starburst, suddenly I'm like, all right, well, at least I didn't get the yellow and orange Starburst. My hundred's starting to look a little bit better now. Miko seen on me tonight. And that is crazy because we, at one time, were resentful because we didn't get the trip to Hawaii. But when we saw that we didn't get the Starburst, we no longer resent, but we're grateful for the hundred dollars. I think a lot of us sit there with our lives. It's easy to sit in your single apartment alone and look at the married couple with their first house and first car and labradoodle and resent them and resent how God is moving and blessing their life. But then when you sit and think what he's brought you out of and the job he's given you or how you're not homeless or left alone and the people that love you, resentment starts to turn into gratitude and your perspective of what God is and who he is starts to change. We have to stop resenting our creator and trust that he is in control and knows what to do with his creation. For those of you that are coming in here and you're recognizing, wow, I I thought I had a problem with people. I thought I was jealous of that guy or that girl. I thought I wanted that job. I thought I needed that much money. And I thought God, I thought he just didn't hear me or care. I'm leaning in and I want you to hear me say that that just isn't true. That, that God loves you. More than anything, he loves you and he cares about you. And I have to remind myself of this often because I know that in my small limited mind, I can forget to zoom out and see the bigger picture and just focus on right, what's right in front of me or the people right in front of me or the circumstances right in front of me and forget that God isn't taking something from me. He's not withholding something from me. He's not playing like puppet master up there and just like doing all this crazy things to hurt me and to harm me. No, he is a father who's willing to give everything for me, who has given everything to me. I have to think about the fact that God has taken me out of so much broken sexual sin and addiction. He's taken me out of the depression I felt after my dad passed away. He's taken me out of the misery I felt from heartache and so many different things. And when I sit and I open up my perspective and I become grateful for what God has taken me out of, I no longer resent him. I rest in him. I trust him. And that's what I'm calling you to do. Stop resenting God. Stop thinking that God is out to get you. He loves you. He wants to give you everything. But jealousy will do everything to not allow you to believe that. Here's what jealousy will do. It wants you to think that God robs you of all the things you want rather than gives you than all the things that you need. Jealousy wants you to believe that God robs you of all the things that you want rather than gives you all the things that you truly need. He knows you more than you know yourself. And you might look out and see people and think, I want that, I want that. I need that to survive. I need that to be happy. I need that to be joyful. And I trust you, you need to trust God. That's what we need, to rest in God. And when we do that, the third point will start to happen. Where jealousy relents, where jealousy ends and stops is when comparison turns to celebration. That is where jealousy ends, is with celebration. Just take a moment to sit and think about all that God's done in your life. 
Let celebration turn into gratitude and an awakening and a realization of, oh my gosh, God is at work. He is doing something in my life. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belongs to Christ Jesus. Think about the last time that God clearly worked and moved in your life. Think about how grateful you were. Thank you, God. You were telling everyone, man, God, he gave me the job or God, he really pulled through. He heard my cry. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And the more and more time from that moment that life goes on and life goes on, you start to forget and time separates and no longer are you celebrating what God has done. You get back to comparing. You get back in your tunnel vision. You start to think, I'm, oh, things are out of my control. God, where are you at? God, where are you at? And you're not remembering what he did for you. Therefore, your life is not informed by celebration or gratitude it now goes back into the cycle of jealousy and anger and bitterness and resentment and comparison. And now you're all out of whack again. And so you have to fight these things by celebrating, by being grateful. There are so many times in my life when I choose to be discontent over grateful. There's so many times where I let jealousy creep in and distract from what God's doing. There's so many times where he's blessed me with the $100 bill and I'm going, but I wanted the trip to Hawaii. And I forget, but hey, you have taken me out of so much. And so my, my encouragement to you would be don't run away. Don't shy away. Don't let jealousy cause division between you and people or you and God, but rather turn jealousy, turn comparison, turn resentment into celebration and gratitude. I cannot stress this enough. It is a powerful weapon. The enemy of jealousy is out to rob you, but it will convince you that God's the thief. It'll convince you that God is taking, God is withholding. So how do you fight that? You remember what he's done and you celebrate it. But when jealousy does lead you to compare and make people the issue or resent God, when it gets hard to, to celebrate, I think what I was thinking about was like, what does this look like for me practically in my life? Like, how do I do this? How am I practicing this? And this is always like an encouraging thing for me to rework this like value of celebration. And I had to sit and think behind every person that I compare myself to is a story, a story of brokenness and mistakes just like me a person who needs Jesus just like me, the person who needs the gospel just like me. And I should go celebrate that. I should go lean in and hear their story and equalize them in my mind and watch how God has formed them. And when I start to see people made in the image of God, and when I start to see myself made in the image of God, it starts to be way easier to celebrate. And I start to do things like texting and calling people just to tell them what I see in them and how proud I am of them. I start to just, I recently in quarantine, I start sending selfie videos to people just to just pump them up and tell them the work I see God doing in their life. I make a list of my closest friends' birthdays to make sure I don't miss it and telling them what they mean to me and what their life means to me. And, I, and more than anything, I sit and I think about all that God's done in my life and I celebrate him for who he is and it changes me. It rids me of comparison and it brings me the joy and peace in him that I'm looking for. And how do I stay grateful? I've recently just charged myself to, to keep a running list of all the things I'm grateful for. I spent time just today writing down more things. God, thank you for my family. I got to see over the 4th of July weekend. Thank you that you've brought my, my mom a spouse that loves her and I got to meet my new step-siblings. Thank you, God, that you've provided me community in my first year here in Dallas. I know a lot of people still feel alone 
and I don't deserve such amazing people in my life. Thank you for my job and my health. And start off your prayers with just thankfulness rather than asking. And it will change your perspective on who God is. And you'll see jealousy start to lose its grip in your life. I know for me, like the longest stint where I saw jealousy really own me was in my high school years where I became extremely jealous of my little brother. I, my little brother, he's 17 months younger than me. He's like way taller than me, way more fit and athletic than me. In all of high school, I just, jealousy turned to hatred in my heart towards him. The Bible talks about how, you, how, you, how can you say you love God and have hatred towards your brother? And I didn't. And I chose to resent him and bully him and be mean to him. In my life, my relationship with him, that was supposed to be leadership and love and stewarding him as my little brother. God entrusted me with a little brother. I missed it because I let jealousy divide and create hostility. And I missed so many opportunities. And thank God, he's now moved to Dallas and we're trying to get weekly lunches where I can sit in and mend all the years of hurts and brokenness that I caused. And if you hear anything, don't make the mistake I did. Don't let jealousy dictate your relationships. Don't let jealousy rob you of one more thing. Because a life with God does not look like robbing. It does not look like taking. It looks like giving. Love, grace, freedom, forgiveness, what we actually need. But the reality was, is I was not pleased with my reality growing up. Before Christ, I couldn't see what all he was doing in my life and what all he was orchestrating in my life. All I knew is I did not like my reality versus my brother's reality. And so therefore, instead of loving him, I hated him. And because of that, I hated God. Because I'm like, God, why did you not make me more like him? God, why am I the band nerd? Why am I the guy that no one takes serious? Why can't I be more masculine in what society says makes a man? God, why did you make me the way that you did? And I resented God. Therefore, I didn't, I didn't have a relationship with him. I didn't understand what he was about. And I missed so many years that could have been so fruitful to jealousy. And I missed the biggest reality, the most world-changing reality for every single one of us is that there is a form of jealousy that is righteous. There is a form of jealousy that is okay and it is possessed by God. God holds this form of jealousy. The Bible says in Exodus 34, 14, this verse just shook up my world this week. It says, God was talking to his people known as the Israelites in the Old Testament. And he says, you must worship no other gods for the Lord whose very name is jealous is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. And as I looked into that, I, I could not believe, wait, you mean to tell me that the God who created the universe, the God who spoke and it was so, the God who sees me choose jealousy and comparison and resentment and resistance and anger and bitterness and frustration and doesn't trust him, it doesn't come to him. He saw that I was gonna do that and he still is jealous of me. 
And for you, you might be sitting there thinking, there's no way that God would want me that bad. I know that he lo loves me, but I don't think he likes me enough to be jealous of me, to really want my time. I think he's okay if I kind of half-heartedly give myself to him, if I read my Bible here and there, if I pray every now and then. I just don't think he's that concerned. He kind of has the world to take care of, you know? Like there's a lot going on right now in 2020, if you haven't noticed. He's not worried about me. And I'm telling you that this says that God is jealous of you. He's jealous. He's so jealous of us. He wants our attention and our affections and our trust and our love so bad that he would be willing to send his son. But it's because he saw that we would get distracted. He saw that we would choose the world but he said, I want them so bad, I'm gonna send my only son to die for them. That way I can be in relationship with them. I know they won't choose me all the time. I know they'll get distracted by other people in comparison. I know they're gonna resent me, but I want them. He wants you. And that truth it changed me. At the age of 19, when I woke up and realized that God loved me so much that he sent his son to die for me, that there was a creator that wanted me that bad, I couldn't resist it. And so what I want to beg of you tonight, if there's something that you think that God is doing that, that isn't fair, if he's giving of himself to the workers who haven't worked as hard as you or the people who haven't been through what you've been through and it seems like they're getting the acknowledgement and the credit and the love and the blessings and the favor that you think you deserve, I'm here to tell you that that is a lie from the enemy. God loves you more than anything. And so stop running, stop resenting, stop comparing. You are being robbed and start trusting and start coming to that love. Let's pray. Father, it really is mind blowing that you would see our sin, that you would see our mistakes, that you would see our brokenness and choices that we would choose other people. And yet you still sent your son to die for us. And I don't know what my friends tonight are, are they're, they're battling jealousy. If they're looking at other people's circumstances, if they're looking at other people and they've forgotten that they are, are created in the image of God. I don't know what people are dealing with tonight, but what I do know is that no matter what it is, you love them. You love them so much that you are jealous for them. You are a jealous God for his children. And so I pray tonight, if there's anyone that does not believe they are worthy of your jealousy, if there's anyone tonight that does not believe that they deserve that kind of love and trust and pursuit, that they would just stop believing the lie that they, they, that they have to do more or they've made too many mistakes and they would just open up their hands tonight and accept your love. 
for. It's in that love. It's in your provision. It's in your goodness that we trust. May that be true of us tonight. Thank you for wanting us. Amen.